This gospel today is a strong one. It's, it goes contrary to our normal thinking. That's why I like it. It's really a wonderful gospel to preach on. It goes contrary to our thinking because when we think of Christ, we think that he came to bring peace on earth. When we think of Christ, we think of the love of God poured out for us, his wounded heart, which bleeds blood and water. When we think of Christ, we think of our Savior who brings us into our homeland where the, what is it, the wolf and the lamb will lie together, where the child will play with the serpent. And so when we think of Christ, we don't think of these words. I have come to bring fire to the earth and how I wish it were blazing already. Or, do you suppose I am here to bring peace on earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. For from now on, a household of five will be divided. And it's true. He does come for that. In another passage, he says that the word of God is like a sword that cuts between bone and marrow. It separates what's evil from what is good. Separating from what is those who have chosen to follow their own path and those that have chosen to follow the path of God. And so, place before this... How do we see it? Well, there's, of course, first and foremost, if we're going to interpret it for ourselves, that he is constantly coming to bring a fire into our own hearts and to our own lives, to separate what is evil from what is good, to convict us so that we move forward. If you're satisfied with the way you are within this parish, then something is wrong. And so he says, I've come to bring a fire. Because it's not enough. It starts with me in my own personal life being called back to what we call holiness, which holiness is where we're going into the infinite heart of God. And God's heart is infinite. That means if you already have it all, you don't have God because you can't have all of God. Does that make sense? It's like saying, I already drank the entire ocean, which is not true. How could you possibly drink the entire ocean? But it's larger than the ocean. If you're satisfied with where you are in your faith, then you haven't realized how much God wants your heart to grow and how much he wants your heart to expand to be the size of God, the size of Christ's heart. And I'm looking at our parish or our church or our universal church. I definitely see reasons to have what we call a holy discontent, to not be satisfied, to not be satisfied. I could speak about poor leadership. That's one thing that we could be not satisfied with, but it's always easier to point because 
there's always three fingers pointing back, you know, that's the bad part about it. But it's always easier to point at another. But that's true. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. And so I'm trying to be a good leader, doing my best. And that's all I can control. Um, but we also realize that frightening statistic that for every one Catholic that comes into the church as an adult, six leave. Or another frightening statistic that in 1970, the Diocese of Christ Church was at 27,000, if my memory is correct, attending Sunday Mass. And last year, according to what I read, it was 8.5. That's a huge decline. Almost a fourth, between a fourth and a third. Or that statistic that came out from the States, it's between 60, I heard, or one time I heard 70% of all Catholics say that they don't, in the most recent surveys, believe in the Eucharist. Believe that Jesus is truly present, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the tabernacle. How many of us know, how many of us personally know someone in our families or friends that have left the church? Or just don't go to Mass anymore? How many of us have several friends or family members? I know I do. It's half of my family. And so, how could I say that I'm content? I look at our parish, and I see a lot of really good things. Actually, I really love it. (laughs) We have a very good parish. And it's never good to speak too ill, but today it's a fire homily, so it has to be a little bit. Um, I see a great parish that has silence before and after the, uh, the Mass itself. People come to pray all day long. I see a parish where people don't, sometimes they get upset with too long of a homily, but they don't seem, as the majority, to... Not only do they not mind, they seem to want something more. I see a parish that's hungry. I see so much good. I'm really blessed to have this parish. But there are things that do need to move. We don't have anything encouraging you to successively, clearly grow in your faith. We're not laying out before you steps so that you might go, okay, what should I do next, Father? How should I grow in my faith? How should I grow in my faith? We just say more and pray harder, which is good and true, but not enough. We need to say how and propose. We call it adult formation. And we don't have a consequential adult formation outside of homilies. We have a Thursday night talk but that's just for the 10, 15 that show. We don't have any programs for evangelization, for reaching out to all our brothers and sisters whom we love who don't come anymore, but still tick the box and say that they're Catholic. Our youth ministry, 
according to Iber, blessed be she who ran it for so many years, she says that only a fourth of the kids that come belong to our parish. Three-fourths of them come from the larger diocese. So that means about ten. Ten kids from our parish are involved with our youth ministry. And we're said to be having one of the best youth ministries in the diocese. And ten of ours go to it. It's not very good. But that's something where we need to grow. We need to move forward. And that's, again, it's leadership. So I put that on my back. We need to have, again, a new way of delegating so that you yourselves feel like you have an active role where, according to your strength, you're able to give and be involved. And it was like that quite a bit in the history of the parish. And right now, I'm struggling to find ways to delegate intelligently because I don't just want to say, whoever wants to do it, stand up but to work with each one in what is their gift. And those are just some of the ways where we have to move forward. We can't forget, too, that in saying all this, it's not going to be in establishing new techniques. Like if I bring in this program, like I'm planning on bringing in... um, Life team for the youth. But I don't believe in programs. I do believe in using them because they're tools and they have things pre done and they tell us what to do. But it's not a program that's going to save us. It's holiness. Holiness and leadership to holiness. <laughs> it's holiness and mission and a missionary heart. It's that saying that touched me so much at the day of my conversion, the day I came to the Lord. It's that saying, when do you see further, in the nighttime or in the day? You see further in the night, because in the night you could see the stars. And if at times in this modern world, in our church, we feel like we might be a little bit at night. It's times like this that saints are forged. It's times like this that change happens. But we have to be clear on where we're going. We are not going to propose this or that technique that's going to make it happen. Although I'll propose several because I, I have a mind that races. But I propose, above all, holiness and mission. And it's funny because some parts of the church are so into mission that they're accommodating and they're wanting to be nice and welcoming all the time. And I think we really need to be, that's part of mission, is translating it for you so it touches your life personally. And that's great. That's the great side of mission. But if we push it too far, we become weak. We want to make it pleasing to you all the time, and we don't challenge. We don't proclaim the gospel. We don't say the truth anymore. 
And the problem often with accommodation is that we conform to the world. And if I don't have anything to give to the world, then what good am I for? Why are we here? If we don't have anything special, if salt loses its saltiness, what good is it for? Nothing but to be thrown out on the road and trampled upon. So accommodation to people, or accommodationism, is one big problem. The other problem is we get so afraid of the world and everything going on in the church and everything bad happening that we fall into isolationism. We build high walls and we forget that we have to be missionary, that we have to stand up again, though we've been hit, though we've been knocked down. We stand up again and we walk forward as all the saints have done before us. We want to be holy so much that we forget that holiness implies reaching out and giving to my brother and my sister. We become isolationists, building those high walls. And so, over the next six months to a year, I'm going to be working personally very hard on these things, trying to find what God is calling us to and how are we to live of this time period where there's so much change in the, in the diocese, whatever it may be. But I'm going to be praying and working hard, and I hope that you join me, in searching to really take advantage of all the crises so they might be opportunities. Take advantage of all these movements so it might be a moment not just of difficulty, because, yeah, <laughs> that much I'm sure of, but of reform. And so... Though I may not be the best of leaders, I am what I am. And I will give all that I can to say that this is where we're going. That we are going towards Christ. And that means that we must fight to bring this fire down. So that we might be holy and missionary. That we might know the gospel and that we might translate it for the people. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.